0: Peace, this is your host Krill of Out The Box. The following interview is part of our throwback series of Out The Box Talks. These are interviews that were done prior to the official season one and two of Out The Box Talks. Enjoy. Welcome to another special edition of the Artist Spotlight here on Out The Box Radio. I'm your host Krill. Today our special guest is an MC hailing from the region of Long Beach, California, He was formerly signed to Death Row Records and appeared on the Dog Pound 2002 album as well as Ja Rule's latest Temptation. After moving on from Death Row, he went on to pursue a career further by signing a distribution deal with Treacherous Records and building a substantial online following. Today he is a member of the lyrical powerhouse group we all know as Slaughterhouse, signed to Eminem's Shady Records alongside lyrical heavyweights Royster 5'9", Joel Ortiz, and Joe Button. He recently put out a successful collabo LP with producer Static Selector under the name Static King. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to bring to you the homie formerly known as the Long Beach MC Crooked Eye, live on the line tonight, my brother, King Crooked. Welcome to Out the Box, brother.
1: Hey, man, I like that introduction, man. (laughs) Thank you.
0: (laughs) Salute, man. Salute. It's a pleasure to have you on, man. I've been, you know, rocking out to your music and just your vibe as an artist for, for quite some time now. So I'm very honored to have you as a guest on Out the Box Radio.
1: Glad to be here, man.
0: Thank you, thank you. So, you know, we got a lot of things that I want to get into tonight. But as always, when I do these types of uh, interviews, I like to take it back a little bit just to get a history of the artist and as the per- of the person as well. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did the inspiration to rap all begin for you?
1: Man, when I was young, my mother used to play old school rap. I'm talking Melly Mel and all that. Mm. When I was a kid in elementary, you know what I'm saying? I used to write poetry. And uh, I started learning the songs that she would play, Mm -hmm. memorizing the lyrics, and spitting them out. And I think that was it for me. You know, I was at a young age when I did my first recording session. I was eight years old. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so... I've been doing this for forever, man. I mean, it's been a part of me for as long as I can remember, really. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the culture, man. I fell in love with the culture and never look back.
0: Dope, dope. Tell me a little bit about your, um, you know, your family upbringing, some of the people that influenced you, whether it be like family members or just people in a neighborhood that, you know, kind of encouraged you to do what
1: you do now. Oh uh, man, my older brother. I mean, my mom. She was a singer. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying. She sung. Her and her twin sister, my aunt Charlene, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. They had a group. You know, they were. Tw- uh, they had a little group, and she would sing backup for a Gap Band, different, you know, things like that. And she had her own record deal once upon a time. So, I just grew up in a in a music filled house. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, remembering her sitting at the keyboard playing something or, you know, singing along with some songs that she wrote or whatever, you know what I mean? And my older brother, as time went by, he fell deep into the culture, too. You know what I'm saying? So mm. he was always bringing Rock Big Daddy Kane, Cool right. Rap, Karis right. One, LL Cool J. You know, everything was in the house. So it was just a really a, a music-filled house. And I mean... In my, you go in my mom's room and you see, you know, the O.J.'s, the Whispers, mm. Shaka Khan. You know what I'm saying? You see all these records and all these magazines filled with those kind of people. And then you come into me and my brother because we share the patron. Right. You see the posters on the wall. You know what I'm saying? Wow. All the old Word Up magazines. And, you know what I'm saying? All that. So it was just, it was music filled out, man. And it kind of just inspired me. To express myself
0: musically nice now from my experience of listening to you and watching interviews of you you definitely seem to have knowledge of self as a black man you know give us a little history on how those seeds were planted in
1: you yeah man um like i said man you know miles was a single she was a single parent you know we lived in a single parent home So, uh, you know, a lot of things that inspired me came directly from her, you know. So Mm -hmm. um, after she's from Oklahoma, and that's a, you know, a very heavy Christian region. Mm -hmm. It's like the Bible Belt, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So a lot of that. So when she moved to Cali to pursue her music career, she started meeting different types of people. She met, you know, Black Panthers. She met, you know, Nation of Islam, people who were, you know, Hebrew, Black Hebrew Israelites. She met a variety of different types of people who had different views on the world that she was used to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she she fell in with some of them. You know, it was a time in the 70s where, you know, Black was beautiful. Mm. And... You know, she just uh, fell in with them, and her friends, some of her friends would come by the house, would be part of the Panthers. You know, some of her friends would come by, would be, you know, Muslims, black Muslims, and you know, different types of people, man. And it, it just kind of opened up her mind, and sometimes, you know, it, it, it kind of just trickled down to the children, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, you know, we were very open-minded. In the household, towards you know different ways of thinking and different points of views in the world, and, and uh, you know I just used to soak up a lot of game because I was a young dude who always talked to the older generation. So I used to just talk to certain people. You we know were talking about as a kid, eleven, twelve, yeah. and just you know sit back and and get knowledge from them, and, and then they would direct me into books, you know, like the mm. ISIS papers, right? You right? You know what I'm saying? Or or, you know, stolen legacy.
0: Mm. That's a that's you know a big one saying?
1: right Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? That was basically it, man. Just a lot of just a lot of reading, a lot of soul searching and trying to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. the truth and not and not, you know, trying to figure out history instead of history. You know how that goes. So
0: That's
2: right.
1: That was that was just basically it, man. Just just always thirsting to find out the truth.
0: Right, right. Definitely, man. That's, that's, that's so great to hear, man. You know, and I, the reason why I asked you about that was I had watched an interview where you were talking about a bookstore that you grew up on in, in, you know, and your mom kind of passing that, that information to you. So I wanted to hear a little bit more about it, you know? So yeah, salute. Yeah, that, salute that, yeah,
1: that bookstore is definitely a pivotal time in my, in my life, man. My mentor, Elijah Asante, mm-hmm. He owned the bookstore. Um, it was called a Huru Sasa, which means Freedom See, Now right. in Swahili. Mm. And uh, you know, he uh, he kinda took me in on some on some uh mentorship because he was a he was from Watts, but his bookstore was right on the east side of Long Beach where we all used to be at. So mm. uh, he um he had like book signings in there. He had conscious connections where we would debate. What we read. Basically, he was a mentor. Like I said, he was from Watts. You know what I mean. He went to he went to uh, USC Law School. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And instead of opening a big firm or trying to work for a big firm, he decided to get back to the community and he opened an independent little law firm for everybody in the community that really couldn't afford, you know, legal representation. And uh, he also opened a bookstore. And uh, you know that a lot of books in there, man you know kept us fed mm. Put it that way dope. you know and it was it was a dope situation because it was right there on the east side man and everybody remember that building we had battles in that building we had it was a landmark i can't wait till one day and i'm able to really expose the history of everything taking right. a building
0: right right definitely you know there's a lot of artists you know i i think about you and 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 how far you've come and just the, the integrity that you have as a as a as an MC right and what you stand for but um there are a lot of artists that kind of start out with a fiery level of consciousness and they begin to get more as they begin to get more recognized and more popular that consciousness starts to slowly disappear from the music sometimes it goes completely and sometimes it just simply gets watered down Uh, As a dedicated, um, you know, hip hop fans, we sometimes ask ourselves, how did he go from this to that? You know what I'm saying? So I'm just curious to know, being that you've been in the game for so long, man, and just seeing so many different sides of the game. Like, what do you think uh, enables, you know, artists to go from that level of consciousness to, like, where their music becomes watered down over the years and it's like you're not even listening to the same person
1: uh, i know right i think i think that's man we i think we all know what that is you know um mm. it's that money man mm. you know it's the money it's the you know it's a tough road right when you make a decision that you're not gonna really you have you never gonna sell out you gonna. Compromise your integrity as an MC. once once you make that decision. You have made a decision to Possibly go your entire career without Some of the accolades that the music industry wants to give you or you know Checks Mm -hmm. of a larger size and fan bases of a larger size and you know Palling around with the top execs in the business once you make that decision That you're going to keep it one way no matter what, you know, you kind of are taking the scenic route in your mm. career. Mm. These dudes are trying to get straight to the money, and they're telling you that. And I see a lot of dudes that had a lot of consciousness and things that they were messages in their music. And some of them, dog, I don't know if they was ever with that. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Cause, right, right. Because I, I talked to some of them. And I'm not trying to name names because I ain't trying to put nobody on blast or nothing like right, that. Right, but
2: I right. talked
1: to, talk to some of them, man, and everything they're talking about is opposite of what the music says. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe it was wow. cool at the time. Maybe it was cool and trendy at a time. to fake enlightenment, you know. Mm. Maybe that. Maybe maybe they caught a wave where, you know, they was listening to, you know, Black Star. Right. It felt like, you know, yo, this I like this wave. And then maybe you know what I mean? It wasn't ever about it. But for the other ones, I just see people selling their soul for that paycheck. You know, they gotta you know, they go into those meetings and people say, Well, hey man, we really like you. Can you tone down this part of your music? Can you mm. tone down that part of your music? We have a lot of opportunities for you, but you know, the masses might not accept you know, your music being as as edgy as it is, so can you tone it down? And some people, then they slide that check over the desk and you look at the numbers and them zeros, and next thing you know, your music
0: changed. Do you you feel like... I I feel like hip-hop is going through a sort of a wave of speaking out on political, social problems that's existing, whether it's the fight that we have against the police or just, you know justice in general um i feel like there's a there's a resurgence of um you know mc's kind of speaking out again right i mean i don't think i don't think it's ever went away in the underground you know it's always to me as a person that's followed the underground has always remained but you know you're starting to see it even on a um quote-unquote mainstream level now right um but i'm wondering if that becomes the quote-unquote cool thing again well, some of these same rappers that started out this way, that switched up, jump back on the bandwagon? You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, yeah, you know
1: that. <laughs> yeah. You know that's coming. That's, I mean, that's all they're doing. they following the trend. they following the money.
2: Mm. they
1: following, you know, whatever's hot. And when you follow what's hot, you're going to switch up over the years.
2: Right, you know? right, right.
1: So, so,
0: yeah, they can't wait.
1: You know, they're going to dive back into them books. You know, start quoting James Baldwin and all
0: type of <laughs> shit. Wait, <laughs> wait. You know, it's safe to just look at a a a person at, as far as their entire career and see what they stood for when the shit wasn't cool, and as opposed to when it was cool. You know, I I would think to test the integrity of a artist as a person in general too. You know. Yeah, um, I
1: mean, they it, rappers are so so big, man. They like. Rappers are like politicians, you know,
0: right, right,
1: right, you know what I'm saying. they're gonna say whatever you know whatever the base wanna hear at that time, or whatever they think the base wanna hear, mm-hmm. you know, and it's 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 crazy, man they flip they're gonna flip flop, so if you do check this resume over the past ten fifteen years, you're gonna hear a lot of different um versions of the same guy
0: mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: right, right,
0: now, you're a very lyrical head. Um, One of the reasons why I was like thoroughly, you know, checking for this new Static King album with Static Selector. But I'm just curious to know what often, like your music often reflects how important quality rhymes are to you. What inspirations, um, you know, have set that standard for you?
1: Yeah, like I was saying, man, you know, the Rakims. Right. Rakim came with Microphone Fiend and Follow the Leader and, you know, even when Ice Cube was doing Death Certificate and America's Most Wanted, mm. I, I was real young, but I was all the way into hip-hop at a young age, so mm. I, it kind of resonated with me, even though I was probably too young to digest everything I was hearing. Um, it definitely it definitely struck a chord with me. So, mm. yeah, you know, all I knew was when I read those articles on Big Daddy Kane and Cool G Rap, and, you know, and then after that, Nas and, you know, um, big L recipes, and mm-hmm. Big Pun recipes, and, you know, M, and, you know, Early J. It was just, you had to be competitive. You had to have skill. Like, that was just what it was. It wasn't about, I mean, I don't care what you was doing. If you was making dance music and you, was you know, had a song that was rapping about a dance, go back and listen to Kid and Play. mm they had bars when they were talking about what they were talking about.
2: True, true, true.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and a lot of people say, oh, that's just the youth. You can't be down on them because they're young. But, you know, Illmatic was written by a young guy. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Mm. The whole Out of Compton" album was written by a teenager. Almost all of it. Ice Cube was a teenager when they wrote that. So it's like there's really no excuse not to study your craft and try to be the best you that you can be.
0: Right, right. So true, man. So true. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the new album, Static King with Static Selector is in stores now. Definitely a, a favorite of mine just to kind of start
1: this new year.
0: Tell us a, no doubt. Tell us a little bit of how that came together.
1: Um, Basically, man, we just, uh, we used to always bump into each other at different little events or you know, the music industry is really pretty small. And uh, we just always bumped into each other and said, we need to do something. We need to do something.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And one day, man, we ended up at a prime show
2: mm. in New York. Dope.
1: And we were backstage, and uh, we like, yo, they having too much fun up there. Let's do it. So we just decided that day that we was going to make it official and uh, static just started hitting me with beats and we started you know trading ideas and here we go man first first effort out there
0: Mm. so just like the chemistry was just a smooth possibility for you
1: yeah it was yeah the chemistry was smooth i mean i I think what it is man is that when you respect somebody and, and 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 they respect you it's easier to work with that person and if they represent you know anything similar to to what you represent as far as hip hop? It's not hard, you know. It's mm-hmm. not a fight because it's not like yo, I let's make a club banger. I let's throw this record at right. the first club. I we need something on the radio with a big hook. We we need to go get a crossover singer on this hook, so so it could you know it could uh, tap into different markets. It's none of that. It's mm. just straight. Yo, this
0: beat is this beat
1: is nice. I'm about to do this to it. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? And right. it's, it's easy when
0: you stand true to who you are. It's very easy. word. How was the album actually recorded? Because it sounds like you you just heard the beats, got in a vibe, and went in. That's how it flows to me.
1: Yeah, man. It was a. Uh, it was really a. Were you in person with I,
0: him? Were you in like the studio? Yeah, sometimes.
1: Sometimes okay. I was. But a lot of times we was flying ideas around because he was touring with Joey Badass, okay. you know, and I was on the road too. So we were flying ideas around, but I don't, I don't mind that, that form of, uh, I don't mind that form of creation, right? right you know, right. I, I'm either way with it. I just love rap. So sure. it don't matter how it goes down. You know what I'm saying? But I'm either way with it. I I, I like cooking in the in studio right with the producer and, mm-hmm. you know, that's dope. Or, I like having the whole room to myself and just absorbing the music and, and letting the music guide me. You know what I'm saying? Ain't, so,
0: nothing, ain't nothing wrong with being versatile and being able to manipulate which, you know, method that you use to actually record. So, I, I, I could dig it. Word. You know what I mean? And I, I noticed that the album has a lot of themes. You know, you got... The lost a fan joint, which I'm I'm feeling I'm playing on the station right now. Stop playing. Um, I like the I like the the bitch got me fucked up joint. Like that's kind of I, I it, you know it 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 seems like the song has more to it than just the surface of what the the title states, right? Because at exactly. the end at the end you kind of it kind of ends with you kind of further defining that. When I you know when I was listening today, I was like. Oh, I get it now. I get I get the double entendre, or the double meaning with this record here. You know
1: what I mean? Oh, yeah, water man. Water. It's a smooth joint. Yeah. You yeah, know how yeah. I you got you know, man. We we I don't know. I just think you know, some of the, the realest battles are the battles within that people don't even know about. Right. Going right. On. You know what I'm saying? And I think that we got enough rappers out here talking about they're not rappers, for real. They're just hustlers with a talent or drug dealers that, that you know, rap as a side hobby, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We got enough of that, you know. Uh, on that particular joint, i was definitely letting people know that I know exactly what my calling is here.
3: And right, I know right. exactly,
1: you know, not would rather be an MC than anything else in the world. Word. But I don't get it fucked up, you know?
0: Right, right, right. So, you know, um, just speaking off of like songs and lines on this album, you know, you have a brilliant line on this album where you say, I wrote down my goals cause I gotta reach them. Then I wrote down 20 different ways that I could achieve them. Now I wanna talk about that a little bit because you showed that you were goal oriented on that line, but you also gave a strategy as to how you achieved your goals. You know, I was, I was talking to a friend the other day um, and we were discussing how hip hop, you know, is good at telling you all about the outcomes. You know, I got the clothes, I got the cars, I got the cribs, but not necessarily telling you the road or the strategies they took to get there. And Very in good. that particular line, you're giving you're giving a clear strategy, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you recognized it, but for you to say um, I wrote down 20 different ways that I could achieve them, that's a strategy to achieve goals. Yeah. So it just made me think about the conversation I had with a friend the other day regarding hip-hop always so, you know concerned with the outcomes you know oh i got this i got that this is what i got but if it's if it's if hip-hop is supposed to educate you know if the power in hip-hop isn't educating how come we don't hear more artists telling you what they went through you know what i'm saying to get there and you, you even you even display this in another line where you say um it's another song i'm forgetting the name of the song but it's a line where you say I heard about your drug dealing and all your turf wars, but never about dealing roof and walking through them church doors, leaving nine on the church floor. Like, you're showing in that line, you kind of frustrated yourself as a rapper with, you know, MCs talk talking about one side but not giving the other side, the hardship side, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, what? I just wanted to talk to you about that. Like, you know, why why you feel like that that doesn't happen in hip-hop or you know, so forth.
1: I think, you know what, and that's a great conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I stay stay in the studio with my little brothers, the horseshoe gang. We have those same types of conversations. Um, I think uh, one of the things that really switched the mind frame of a lot of MCs is when, remember when it was the wave to say, I came straight out of high school to the league? Mm -hmm. it kind of gave all the new generation rappers coming up the mind frame that they just they could skip the hard work right? or they had to make it look easy you know what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. they don't want to go in depth because I was having a similar conversation I was uh, doing a documentary for uh, Hellraiser from the Wu family, right, right. And you know he had a brain aneurysm.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, he had a brain aneurysm, and he um, he's on a struggle trying to get back. So the the documentary is showcasing his fight to get back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the fight again. They said he wouldn't walk again, so he started walking again. They said he couldn't do this again. So I'm not gonna give the whole documentary up, but the the point was. Hip-hop will tell you I got shot five times and I can walk it off.
2: Right, right.
1: Hip-hop won't tell you I had to have a colostomy bag or,
2: right. you know,
1: I had homies who had to help nurse me back into, you know, where I'm at now. Or, my, you know, my woman had to be there for me mentally. Right, right. You know, like the tough part Hell yeah. of, of recovering something like that. And that's why I was, you know, mentioned Hellraiser because he was showing the tough part. Mm. You know what I mean? He could have just kept everything quiet, came back, made a record from his brain aneurysm, he's back, and nobody ever saw that side, that vulnerable side.
2: Right, right, right. Hip-hop
1: needs to show that vulnerable side of things and that tough Mm -hmm. side of things because it ain't all... You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you got these kids out here thinking they could pass go without putting in no work. That's why I'm hearing about people in these inner city young rappers they robbing. you know they want to wear a chain now. They don't want right. to put out the records and grind and sell the merch every night and you know shake hands and take pictures with the fans and promote themselves and they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. They want to come straight on with World star hip-hop wearing a heavy chain jumping out of a whip looking like they already made it and they trying to do it in crazy ways man they're getting killed out there mm. i'm all i'm i'm everywhere i'm in chicago i'm in detroit i'm in atlanta they're doing crazy things they're running up in people's houses they robbing drug dealers they're doing mm. all this stuff just so they can rap about it and, and have on you know all this wow this, 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 this
0: shit. so it's a whole different motivation now to um to present yourself as something that quote unquote is supposedly appealing to to the to the music today.
1: Yeah, it's a whole nother motivation, wow. man. And I think, and that's I think, crazy you know, we lack we lack the people that saying yo. All right, go ahead sell a dope. What about when you got a trunk full of you got a trunk full of whatever kind of work? I don't care if it's just pills and. You know, it could be, it could be activists, some SERP, it could be, you know, coke, whatever it is, and you trying to get that over the state line, and you see them boys behind you in your rear view, how nervous are you? Because mm. I don't they don't that. T- yeah, saying. they don't
0: tell that side, and you know, it's it's human. It's human. It's almost like it's it's pussy to tell that exactly. side, you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> when some crazy. of the real
0: the realest the real, the realest gangsters right I mean I'm sure you could speak on it you know as well like would tell you that other side they'll show you what it's like to be to, sure. to to miss your family you know what I'm saying to not to man. not be around your loved ones man we humans at the end of the day you know what I'm saying we have families
1: yeah. Yeah, big meach gonna tell you something real.
2: Right, right.
1: Now, you know what I'm saying? So that's what it is. It's like we are missing that spot, man. And that's yeah. what I think on Lost the Fan, you know, I was really reaching for this conversation mm-hmm. to happen. You know what I mean? And also, since I've been connected to M, you know, now I'm the Static King, you know, real is just real. Some of the white fans who follow me because of my relationship with Marshall, Mm -hmm. sometimes if I post certain things, they get turned off. And they let (laughs) me know on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? If I posted Mm -hmm. something about Sandra Bland or Tamir (laughs) race. some of them just like, why can't you just be that cool, lyrical guy that hangs with Marshall?
0: but see they they not they not checking for your history they're not they not checking for your you know how you started out you know what i'm saying exactly. you you just displayed how you were brought up you exactly. know what i'm saying and, and 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 the teachings that you got growing up i think people yeah. get it twisted sometimes man they, they think that it starts with where they were first to recognize you
1: right (laughs) exactly and and your history
0: goes so far beyond that as a person
1: that's exactly right
0: word up so that's what's up man i I appreciate you for um you know speaking in detail on that um it's always something that puzzles me about hip-hop and i I think there's so many great aspects of hip-hop i'm in no way am i downing hip-hop i'm I, i you know i live breathe it and i've learned a lot a lot of uh, my views in, in the world today is due to, you know, be, being taught things through hip hop, you know, so, but I, it, that was just one thing that I felt like we, if I could critique the culture a little bit, um, it, I haven't seen it too often. Another one is health, you know, um, we, we do have a few MCs that have spoken about uh, well-being and health, but it's it's not a, as much. I could probably count about five Songs that focus specifically on health and well being by certain MCs, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, we, yeah. we still have a lot to grow, you know.
1: We got, yeah, we got, we got to grow. Well, you know, we got to grow. I think, I think, uh, that's another part of the cool factor. You know, is it cool to tell everybody that I'm making this kale shake right now? Right, right, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So, I think. The fans have kind of made. They kind of put hip hop, rap MCs in a box, man. And
2: yeah. They
1: kind of. They kind of got. Do some dudes afraid to be who they are? Fully. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they don't want to. Turn off a certain demographic. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? And that's just crazy. Word that up. These dudes is. You can't even be yourself. You can't even have an honest conversation half the time. Like I sit and watch. Interviews from other artists, and I already know what the answer to almost every question is going to be because they're trying to be politically correct.
2: Right, right. Well,
1: so there's a lot of room to grow. You're right. The that's health it. thing, that's a dope thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad 50 when he did the vitamin water, that kind of switched switched gears. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. And it worked for it. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. What yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, on even on like basic levels, you know, I, I definitely want to shout out brothers like Stickman from Dead Prez, and you oh, know right. Styles P, who got the Juice Bar in the Bronx. You oh, know, yeah. you know Prodigy was also a one who who was talking about health too. You know, KRS One, you know, he's like the, oh, yeah. the uh, originator uh, of like introducing health through his through through his song Eat to Live, right? Um, no beef, beef, which was. Kind of him breaking out Elijah Muhammad's Eat to Live book and stuff. So we do have a few artists, but you know, with with, with such of um, with health being something that plague our communities on so many levels, you would think that we'd express it more in our in our music. But as we said, we still have a lot more room to grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Crooked, man, what I want to do is I want to take a quick music break. I want to go into some music from this Static King album. And uh, when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more. You down to hang out with me a little bit more?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. No doubt.
0: I appreciate it, brother. So let's go into it. We're going to play some new music off this Static King album. It is the Collabo LP, which features King Crooked as the MC and... Static Selector as producer. I mean, you should probably, more than likely, already know who these two heavyweights are. Uh, we're gonna go into some music from them, and when we come back, we'll talk more. Keep it locked right here on Out the Box Radio. You're tuned into the Artist Spotlight. I'm your host, Krill. King Crooked is on the line with me. The
4: world is full of doubters. They don't believe. He's coming Static Selector Like we always do at this time I came to shine I came for mine This is Slaughterhouse showing off in its prime I came to shine I came for mine This is, it's crooked it's uh. Static Selector uh. I hear voices saying that's King uh. Crooked uh. uh. East to West Coast, West Coast. Uh. I hear voices saying that's Say I'm getting shady money Now they whisper 'bout about how the fuck to take it from me I keep the craziest pistols Bullets will come at you like Patriot missiles I'm Tom Brady money, homie But on the real, though, a nigga be tryna chill, though These pussies still acting dildo digging they own ho I'd rather slide in the place With a chick who got a murder case between her thighs and the waist I ass you can kill for? Oh, that's just my Fairfax chick Hit her on some bareback shit Baby. Back to my car, I kill them they push up daffodils My homies in traffic and asking me if I'm rapping still Before I had a deal, I was boxed up in that coop like a happy meal Trying to touch a half a meal, rest in peace, half a meal This shit is so real to me, you niggas ain't ill to me Unless you mention Pop, Nas, L and M to me Or big on Juicy, shout out M to me Man I wrote down my goals cause I gotta reach again. Then I wrote down 20 different ways that I could achieve em and I did that, everything just became clearer Grabbed a sharpie marker and wrote I'm unstoppable on my mirror You hear me? Uh, uh, uh I hear voices saying that's King Crook Yeah, Uh Uh, 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 uh I hear voices saying Like we always do with this time really a love story Cause on the low, most of my haters got love for me They know I stay with the guns, Peter and his son Corey Plus I hang around intelligent hoodlums like a young Nori But back to my haters, how could they ever disregard Me doing it this large, I took it from bridge cards EBT snapped to blowing cigar, smoke off the balconies of Maui Y'all got it out for me, but undoubtedly know that shit's hard But still you wanna disrespect okay still i'm gonna get the check put it in the safe house this do-rag music with the cape out i rap over your head and plus i'm on you niggas necks. yes in. lord scratch the bentley off my vision board law of attraction i simply cut out a picture for it then i parked the anage right in my garage i'm winning against all odds like we always do at this time i came to shine i came for mine this is slaughterhouse Saying that's King Crooked. Uh 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 uh. I hear voices saying that's King Crooked. Uh. uh. What? 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 Everybody. Shot a thing, lame juice running in your veins. Uh, we out there gain' power, uh, power, getting people, getting pussy. Uh, we gotta gain power, getting people, getting pussy. Uh, and we got her gainin' power, getting paper, getting pussy. And didn't we have, have to sell, I sold the stadium shit. Uh, everybody everybody knows I came in this game without a dime in my name. The reason they fuck with me, I was rhyming insane. Every line was designed with violence and pain. I spit and start climbing the ranks. Acapella, nigga, five minute flame. Then I was riding the train home, fucking with ramen. Doing stick ups with rusty llamas, we ain't got nothing in common. If I told you my life story, man, your stomach could vomit. Now I'm big enough in the game to light a blunt on a common. We the commission, we killin', we ain't seeking permission. Amber alert, I'm probably with your freak if she missin'. I'm inspecting some hair till I'm in the fetal position. She want breakfast in bed, bitch, better sleep in the kitchen. Speaking to sleep and they sleep on me often people are talking way more than they need to be talking them presidential suites you're sleeping in need to be coffins, ay hey, proceed with some caution when you're speaking to bosses, your main piece could get talked and I'ma leave ski in your office I'm lethal and heartless, y'all niggas so weak to me, if you say something hot I'ma be shot, like seeing Stephen Hawkins recently walking or easily jogging your features be garbage, the flow so queasy and nauseous, I'm sick, wheezing and coughing, man this rap shit so easy I'm off it, I just do it for the real ones to rest in peace and die, man somebody Everybody gotta keep them niggas legacy alive. Everybody know you fucking up the game. Everybody know your shit it don't bang. Everybody know you never push cane, never shot a thing. Lame juice running in your veins. We out to gaining power, up. getting people, get in pussy. We gotta gaining power, getting paper, getting pussy. We gotta gaining power, getting people getting pussy we out They didn't have to sell our soul The Static King shit, everybody knows Bitch, niggas do it for the fame Me and you will never be the same Power, paper, pussy, I Hate the Static King and we the illest in the game uh, Bitch, niggas do it for the fame uh, Me and you will never be the same uh, Power, paper, pussy, I Hate the Static King and um, we the illest in the game uh, And everybody... Hold up, it's obvious the streets know. No. From Starless to Secret Sunday, even the freaks know. No. My slaughterhouse shooters are deep on the East Coast, and you don't wanna see my Lone Beach niggas in beast mode. mode. Fuck with us, them damn hammers blasting in this bastard. Your homies gonna be putting bandanas in your casket. Niggas got hands, Van Damme get his ass kicked. Rock you to sleep, the Sandman to have your ass bitch. The return of the real is on the cusp. On the cusp. So linking up with Selector, that was, a must. that was a must. Even Pandora know you niggas suck. I could never listen to your station and inspect hear here everybody us. know you fucking up the game everybody know you shit don't bang everybody know you never push king never shot a thing Lame juice running in your veins we out again gaining power getting paper getting pussy we out again and power getting paper getting pussy we out again gaining power getting paper getting pussy and didn't have to sell us all the static king shit everybody know
0: welcome back to out the box this is krill you are in tune to the artist spotlight right here on out the box radio I'm talking with my brother King Crooked really really interesting conversation here tonight man I thank you for all of the great input you know you're giving you know tonight with us um I recently you know we're recently coming off of the Grammy Awards and you know we saw that uh, Kendrick Lamar picked up a number of of awards and he just had a really iconic performance and really coming home with the the major rap album of the year award. What's your thoughts on Kendrick and just the the, the victory he he's he had he's had with this album even prior to the Grammys and, and leading up?
1: Man, I just think you know it's so funny because. <laughs> I like to say I live under a rock because you know, really, I just be working and focus on what I'm doing.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: I go, I went on Twitter, and I seen somebody tweet that they said, "Thank you, Kendrick Lamar, for the most racist performance." So,
0: say that again. I lost you for a second. They, the tweet
1: read, "Thank mm-hmm. you, Kendrick Lamar." For the most racist mm. performance I ever seen on the Grammys, that's wow. what the tweet said. So I said, I missed it. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Right, so right. Said, you know what? Now I got to go back and look at. it. Right, right. right. <laughs> said, <and laughs> just
0: it, that tweet made you say, "Hmm, I need to mm, see it now."
1: <laughs> now <I need laughs> on to the Grammys. It. Yeah. So you know, watching it, it's just funny, man. I think, first of all, you know, the truth is the truth, whether sure. it's better. Sweet, it's the truth. Right. So if somebody is up there representing the truth, how can you be mad? But then you have a lot of people who get offended by, like, if you hold up a mirror to somebody who's, you know, prejudiced or racist in their heart, you hold a mirror up to them. They hate. They hate the way they look. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, what's racist about this? Right. You know what I'm saying? It was just. First of all we know that by definition there's no way you know minorities can be racist but right. my whole thing was yo this was a great performance right you know what i'm saying that's all i saw was a great performance so you know i'm happy i'm happy for kendrick for a few reasons one is you know it's very easy to lose yourself when you get a certain amount of success mm deep you know, that's an easy thing, yeah. and, and and you get tested. You know, um, people test you and try to see if they can help you lose yourself. So, um, you know, for him to be one of the number one rap artists of our times, and to do a performance like that on a platform like the Grammys, you know, hats off, man. It's dope shit Word to me.
0: I think what did it too was the um I mean you had them African dances up there <laughs> you know <laughs> then then at the end you know you saw that that Compton in that in the African silhouette right in the in the silhouette right. of, of of the map of Africa and I think that's the shit that really brought it home, right? Like so that's him like showing that we all from the continent. He's just showing yeah. where the part of America that he represents, but still the connection to the continent, and that, that spoke uh, some power right there. You know, so that was a powerful message right there.
1: Powerful man, and I just yeah. think you know, listen, man, hip hop is a uni- is it unites people, right? One of the probably probably one of the most um effective vehicles of unification out there you know when i went to my first public enemy concert i was a kid there was more white people in there than black people Right. <laughs> you know what i'm saying so you know hip-hop is this is a tool used to unify right we just always got to keep it real with each other no matter if you're white black brown asian no matter what if you say you want to be part of this culture we got to be able to always keep it real with each other through oh, the no. music through the performances through the interviews you know we just gotta be able to keep it real I, i'll ask you something go ahead what do you think about macklemore's song white privilege part Two?
0: Ooh, you know i was getting ready to ask you about that but being that you flipped it on me no doubt um that was powerful man that was powerful like that was i'm playing it on the station right now man um now let me just say this I'm not a, I wasn't a fan of Macklemore. I've never really, you know, the thrift, the thrift shop joint was all right, you know, but I really wasn't, like, checking for him like that. But um, after hearing this record, man, he touched on some things that, I mean, I've really never heard anyone say. And it was, it was amazing to hear it come from his, his mouth representing his race, you know, um it just was a brilliant song, man. Just there's a lot of truth in that song. There's a lot of truth and I have like so much respect for him for doing that. Right. And
1: and I understand yeah.
0: he's gotten flack for that shit too.
1: Yeah, yeah, he He getting you know, they're coming at him, but you know, I say, you know, it's funny too because people some of the some of the you know, fans are out there like, "Oh, I'm tired of him crying about being white." and feel like that. But, I mean... They didn't listen song, to the song. They didn't listen. They didn't really listen. Yeah, they skimming. You know you know, they be out here skimming, man. But um, it was powerful, man. And, and you know, I, I definitely salute it. And then, even before that, the fact that he, you know, brought the, brought a lot of the OGs into that other song. Right, right. And all that. Yeah. Like, you know, these are moves that a hip-hopper is supposed to To do. do. And how can we... How can we, you know, look down on somebody that's doing it the right way? His right, right, himself, right. How he's supposed to, you know what I mean? Saying his opinion, no matter how controversial it might be, you know, respecting respecting the legends. You gotta give him his.
0: You gotta, you gotta, and I've I've heard people take offense or you know say like. Like when Melly Mel came out and said, you know, other MCs or black MCs didn't do that. I've heard people say, oh, what the hell they want? Well, you know, why are they asking for that? Yo, that's the problem. We've gotten so far away from paying homage that we can't even respect that move. That move's supposed to be able to tell us, look, you know what? Give respect where it's due and... Now we need to start paying attention You know paying more homage And I'm not saying we don't do that shit But it's kind of It's kind of wild that we would be even Talking ill towards A Melly Mel or Who who else was on it? Kumo D was on that? With them? Yeah I think it was Yeah uh, yeah, and uh Who else
1: was on that? I don't know but I'm gonna tell you something that's Even more crazy Even more crazy Mm -hmm. I went to a a hip hop event you know I'm walking through the back door and security is trying to prevent cool hurt from coming in. Wow. And that yo, dog, Word. I was just sitting there like I yo. could
0: imagine how you felt.
1: I said, this is cool hurt. What the fuck are y'all doing? And I'm like, yo, you know what? Because I had to make an appearance. I'm not going in. So you let this man in. I'm not walking in. He helped build this shit. Right. crazy? And that's just... And I'm talking about these dudes were of age to understand what I'm talking about.
2: Right, right. The
1: whole thing is this... I don't like to be the bearer of bad news. Of course, there's a lot of great things going on in hip-hop. Right. But I'm not going to just sit back and act like shit like that ain't happening because it's happening.
0: Right, right. So you saying that these these guys, I don't know if it was bouncers or whatever, they knew who Cool Herc was
1: and ain't get it, they exactly. didn't get
0: his brother a pass?
1: Yo, I went in, I got the promoter, brought the promoter out. Promoter talking about wait a minute, let me look on the list. I said, listen, dog. <laughs> <laughs> look on also, the list. I'm so pissed off at that damn alley. <laughs> you know I I'm saying? I'm like, this is this is nonsense. This is madness to me.
2: Right, right. This right. is madness
1: to me. But a lot of us man, I always see the madness. It's like I try to ignore the madness, but I just see it. Yeah. I see these dudes who who who, who have big positions in hip hop say, yo, you know, um, uh Hated for. I ain't never listened to that. Why would I listen to that? That's old. You have a major position. You're getting a check from hip hop, right? Even if you never heard it before, to publicly and openly, right? Talk down on one of our classics. It's crazy, man.
0: Wow. You you know that brings me to um the conversation uh, around some of the younger heads. I don't wanna beat this in the head too much but while we on the topic, like just the conversation around some of these younger artists who kinda reject the nineties or the, the golden era of hip hop as, you know, not much. Um and I, I could respect their perspective because maybe they didn't they didn't grow up on that. But I, I also know a lot of um Young cats. There's a number of young cats out there. Brothers like Joey, Badass, Bishop, Nauru, Stroll, Astronomical Kid. Like those cats, they're young brothers, man. You know what I'm saying? And they, they're more connected to the to the golden era than than some of their their peers. You know what I mean? So I'm just curious to know, like, what do you think about the divide in terms of? Um, yeah. That's just that's just the gap. Never the yeah, way. that that gap, that's
1: that generation gap. This is never the way, man. I think I think somebody didn't raise you right. If you don't, if you don't respect those who paved the way for you,
4: mm-hmm. or somebody
1: need to pull your coattail and say, "Listen, even if that's how you feel, maybe you need to sit down and chop it with some of these legends, and maybe you'll right. feel differently." You right, right, saying? right. Because my whole thing is, this is like in the hood when the young dudes is just out there going wild and none of the OGs can control nobody, I mean, you can't control another human being, but you don't have no influence on nobody, the body start popping up mm. at an alarming rate because, you know, when you're young, you got more energy, you don't give a fuck, you just, you know, you're probably more emotional about a situation that you could have let slide, but you didn't let it slide. And it's all types of different things. And I just, it's the same thing. It's like, you got to respect the OGs because the OGs don't tell you, look, we been there, done that, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? But it's like no respect
2: for the hip-hop
1: OGs, man. It's like zero respect for the hip-hop OGs. You know, Drake got a line where he say something about, you know, young niggas doing it better than the old niggas. And Mm. I think it's just a wave to where it's like, just fuck that whole shit. Mm. I, since I wasn't a part of it, fuck it. You but you know, know that's funny.
0: That's funny he would say that because when he came into the game, he was given props to a lot of cats that paved the way before him. You know what I'm saying? Like he, you know, one of Drake's favorite MCs is fucking Fonte from Little Brother. I mean, he's not exactly. no old school artist, but I mean. Yeah, he's been mean, on he's record stating that.
1: He's a trailblazer. Nah I get it. But I think I think what happens is sometimes lines like that and you know, hey man, I, I believe Drake. And I ain't just saying this shit. I think Drake's talented Well, you know, me too, me too. I'll be i be really like like it it hit hit me when I found out about the Quinn Miller possibilities. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. of the way I respect the man's ink pen. And, and, and his, you know, craftsmanship for songs, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we gotta just be. He got, he got a powerful voice out there. Mm-hmm. So if he said something like that, you know, the young niggas they gonna be like, Sh- Th- that, that makes fuck. sense.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm
1: saying? It's like we gotta, we gotta unite. They ain't nobody, no, we ain't gotta hold hands and sing well, songs. <laughs> we saying yo, you know what? This dude right here. It, it might not be as many doors open for you if it wasn't for this cat, so right, let's right. always respect this guy
0: that's
2: right
1: you know what I'm
0: saying, and that's just it it's easy simple Why, why? what's your perspective on um black folks boycotting the, um you know these typically prestigious award shows, whether it be the Oscars or like what w- what's your whole perspective on that move or that as a strategy uh for us?
1: I think boycotting always works mm-hmm. if you really get to organize a good one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you really organize a good boycott, because we have more power than we think.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, when we put that power into effect, man, people people feel it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I think boycotting is, is cool, you know. Uh, but at the same time, my personal feelings, are I'm glad to see Kendrick Lamar get five Grammys because I understand that that man is, living his dream he's living right, right. and those Grammys are gonna help keep that alive Word up. in this industry right right you know but me personally I'm not you know interested in those you know I don't know it's like sometimes yeah, getting the Grammy or getting nominated like you know I think I think we got something like that too off of one of Eminem's albums um, right 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 but the thing is <laughs> You know, you get it. They send you this document, and say, hey, I'm about to get a Grammy and all this kind of stuff, and and it's cool. But it's just as cool to be in the barbershop shop if somebody say, "Yo, that fatty king is dope." Right, right. I like I that perspective. I
0: could I could respect that perspective.
1: It holds yeah, weight. I think people kind of lose sight of that. You know well. what I'm saying? Because we I walk in that booth to connect. I walk in that booth to connect with the hip hop culture. Everybody else is just eavesdropping on our conversation. That's real. Mm-hmm.
0: Word. Wow. You know, it, it it just it makes me think of the journey, right? You know, and it's something I had to think about myself, even on my whole journey as a you know, as a journalist, as a media person, um, I I've I personally had moments where I felt like, damn, yo, what am I you know, what am I doing this for? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not I'm not where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm sacrificing a, a lot. And then it hit me the other day, you know, not too long ago, I just started saying, you know what, man, the reason why I started doing, you know, this journalist work was because of a desire and a passion to do it. And I had asked myself one day when I had moved into my apartment, you know, with my family, I said to myself, what can I do? That even if I didn't get paid for it, I would still do it, and I had to bring myself back to that. You know what I'm saying? And or, it, it's 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 a it's a scary thing to ask yourself because you know money is a is a is a is a necessity out here. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. You it's not my it. this ain't my only hustle. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you know that that feeling of um, you know being fulfilled or or knowing that you're doing something that a price can't be put on is what kind of drives me, you know, but I, you know, sometimes you get, you, you drift away, you know, and yeah, you you get sidetracked. You got to come back home sometimes.
1: Exactly. I've been, I've been there where, you know, you feel like some of your art is not being appreciated as it should be, you know.
0: It's human. Say it again. You you was breaking up a little bit.
1: I said, I said I've been I've been in a similar position where I felt like my art wasn't appreciated how it should be. But that right. it goes back to what you said about being human. human.
0: Word up. True indeed, man. Thank you so much for that, man, that insight. So many people today. Uh, know of you through your affiliation with the supergroup Slaughterhouse, of which you're obviously a prominent member. But what always amazed me about Slaughter is that you guys were already established as, a solo, as solo artists prior to forming. But even more, you all remain loyal and successful years after coming together. That's major, you know what I'm saying? Definitely a major thing. What do you credit to that outcome?
1: Oh, uh, respect. <clears throat> and that's the reason why, you know, we uh we did the slaughterhouse thing, how it, how we did it with the members that are in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were other guys that could have, you know, been e- could have easily been a slaughterhouse, you know, but... Interesting. Uh, it's the respect factor. It's the fact that we all went through trials and tribulations in the industry and we all, you know, respect somebody who's gone through a struggle. So it just made more sense for us to be the four. And I think that's the glue that keeps us together is the fact that we respect, we respect each other. You know what I'm saying? On a, on a, on a high level, Mm
2: -hmm. not just
1: as artists, but as, as men who, who've gone through, you know, a lot of, different tests and still out here representing hip-hop to the fullest no matter what So,
0: no doubt and you could definitely hear that respect in your music like i listen to each of you guys when you rap whether it's solo projects you guys always tend to show that love and that respect for each other in your verses which, Word. which, when you hear it, you you know you can see that it's genuine because you guys continue to express it. That's a that's a wonderful thing, man. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. If I if I had to challenge you a bit, brother, <laughs> I just thought to ask you, outside of Slaughterhouse, what would you say is your favorite Four Man hip hip hop group? Four Man. Yeah, Four. Four, four men. It don't have to be all MCs, but just a four, four people. Whether it's a woman in it, I, I, it don't matter. Just four heads. What's what, what's what? What would what would be like your favorite four man hip hop group outside of Slaughterhouse? Hey, how many
1: four men <laughs> Yeah,
0: I could I could name some, you know, and, and just throw out a couple in case you know, um, you know, we got Onyx, we got lost boys we got uh you know it's a question i asked in our in our facebook group the other day so um let me see some people gave me some responses because i'm no black hippie but
1: right i don't don't know if they really put out
0: you know what i'm saying right it doesn't matter It, it doesn't even have to be just one group at some time You could even say The Four Horsemen Like You know With Cannabis And um oh, yeah, Killer Four. Priest And them, Like you know what I mean Like
1: Yeah that that group Did they ever put a record out Cause that group Looked phenomenal on paper
0: Word word R- Razcast was down With them too Um I'm yeah, not Razz, sure
1: corrupt Killer Priest Cannabis yeah I don't think they Actually um Put out an official project Yeah ever.
0: I don't think so much. Yeah, they, they was
1: They was like The most feared group yeah, and they didn't
0: even drop the album yet. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, I mean, you got tribe.
0: Uh, who, you know, tribe. You could say tribe oh, was.
1: If could, yeah, if you could throw tribe in there. <laughs> if you could throw tribe in there, you gotta
0: say that. But if NWA is NWA is in there too. It,
1: well, I, I, it would be
0: NWA for me. NWA for you, okay?
1: It would be NWA, no doubt. I mean, you know, they just changed hip hop. They changed hip hop, you know. They did it against the machine, mm-hmm. you know. And from that group, has man the root. That group is the roots, and the fruits are crazy. <laughs> Word you know, up! So how'd you how'd you
0: feel about um Straight Outta Compton?
1: Man, I love that movie. I um, uh, I got an opportunity. I went to the premiere, mm-hmm. so you know it was just dope to see Dre in there cube in there the family of easy he you know what i mean and everybody that played in the movie in there and the movie theater was just rocking and rolling it was like a concert mm. people standing up giving standing ovations when he Eazy- wow. left Jerry Heller. you know what i'm saying and when cube dropped no vaseline the whole shit went crazy in the movie theater it was it was a great movie though but uh Yeah, dog, I think they did a phenomenal job on that. Mm. Uh, It's one of my favorite hip-hop movies. They just shot up. Wow. They did a great job. job.
0: Now, in comparison, I hate to do comparisons, but I'm thinking of, like, Boys in the Hood, which was, like, a really major hip-hop movie, too. Like, where does uh, Straight Outta Compton stand, you know, next to uh, Boys in the Hood?
1: I think, uh that's crazy. I think Boys in the Hood influenced influenced the culture, and was and the movie was influenced by it, the culture, for sure. Right, right, right. I mean, some of Ice Cube's lyrics became scenes, kind of like how uh, some of Nas's lyrics became scenes in Billy. Right, but right, I, right. Um, Yeah, man, I, that, that's tough. Yeah. I like, the stray out of Compton might hit me harder because, it has to do directly with the music, you know what I'm saying? No
0: doubt, no yeah. doubt. And you being an artist as well.
1: Yeah, man, uh-huh. so to me that's just one of the greatest hip hop movies ever, man. Like, Word. like I can watch it at any time. I you know what I'm saying? Like we can get off the phone if, if I wasn't on my way to the lab and I'd just say, man, let me watch Stray Hard Company.
0: Right, right. <laughs> you
1: know what I'm did
0: did the I'm movie did the movie give you any, like, surreal moments where, like, I remember kind of for me, I grew up in Bed-Stuy, and I remember, you know, at the time when Biggie was alive, just when when Juicy came out, just recognizing living in Bed-Stuy, like, you know, seeing the streets, and then, you know, when Biggie passed away, it was just kind of like, wow, like, I was actually living at the time when he was... He was out, you know. He was doing when he put out his first album, just experiencing that energy of Bed Stuy. You know, did you have any like moments of like reminiscing as to what it was like when you was first starting to listen to uh, um, NWA and kind of reflecting while watching the movie? Oh uh,
1: yeah, man! Because my older brothers and them used to low ride, right, and right, and all that. Like it just took me right back to my childhood. Right. Uh, and like you say, seeing the different streets and, you know, the different things that we heard about through rumors, seeing it play out visually,
2: uh-huh. you
1: know, I was just, was incredible, man. And, um, you know, I guess they said it was like three more hours worth of footage that they had to cut out.
2: Right, right. But
1: they did a pretty damn good job. I was glad to see DOC get some shot in there because... We know that man was crazy lyric, so, you know, it was just dope, man. I'm hoping that this Tupac movie, you know,
0: will be done. I hope so, too, yeah. I hope it's done right, man. Yeah,
1: done right,
0: exactly. Word up. So, you know, in in, in closing, man, I I definitely didn't want to leave without asking you about this. And you spoke about M earlier, and I really wanted to talk to you a little bit more about him. Just about every member of Slaughterhouse speaks highly of Eminem. And it's almost like a no-brainer that you guys would speak good of him. Um, but when you guys speak of him, it seems like he's he's a man of integrity, you know? If you could uh, give an example of what that integrity looks like. You know, maybe like share a moment where Eminem displayed his professionalism or his stand-up character to you or any of the other Slaughterhouse brothers, you know, what, what would you share with us in terms of
1: I mean your experience? I think um uh, I think what the first thing that really hit me from working with him was his work ethic. He uh he was definitely the fifth member of Slaughterhouse for mm. the process of making an album. He was in there early in the morning. If he had to if he had to have a guitar laid 50,000 times until he got it how he wanted it, that's what he did. If he had to stay in there for hours at a time trying to figure out how to mix the vocals on a hook, he would be in there six, seven hours straight on one hook. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you can be part of a group or, or, or a team of people who aren't all working as hard as you would like them to. Mm. When it comes to him, that's, there's no question he's getting busy.
2: Word. No question
1: he's working, he's dedicated. Um, and he's just down to earth, man. I mean, a guy who sold those kind of records, a guy who's seen what he's seen, worked with the kinds of people he's worked with, done what he's done, you know, he could be he, you know, he could be the industry type. But, you know, he's far from it. I'm mm. saying? He's far from it, man. And I think that's probably the biggest thing for me is that he's genuine.
0: Mm. Did you go into... I don't know how far you go back with Eminem prior to Slaughterhouse, but I'm asking kind of like when you guys first started connecting in the Slaughterhouse Era, you know, when you when Slaughterhouse came together with him, did you anticipate anything different, or was that always kind of just like I'm expecting to, to see a a, a stand up person? Yeah, I didn't know what to
1: expect. Right. Because, you know, out of everybody, you know, what I'm saying I, I I happened to be the one that was on Death Row Records. <laughs> right, right. So you know what I'm saying. So when I came in, I didn't really know what to expect. And uh, one of the topics next is Shady was like, so how does it feel after after I signed the contract? And I was like, what do you mean? And like, I mean, <laughs> you, you used to be on Jeff you right, 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 right. <laughs> wow. I, I feel fucking good. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, but uh, I really didn't know what to expect. But, you know, the thing, when it comes to, the, the dynamic between Slaughterhouse and Eminem being at Shady Records. I think where me and him connect the most personally is we are like historians of hip-hop. Nice. So, we can sit around and have conversations about, you know, the juice crew and the slavery and just go all day to where everybody else in the room you know, the engineer, you know, walked out, left, you know what I'm
2: saying? Right, right, right. He's
1: just still in there, just building, because he has a, I mean, he's knowledgeable. Got he's it.
0: knowledgeable about the culture, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what me and him connect personally. Dope, dope. So, man, King Crooked, I want to thank you again for taking the time with me tonight. I know I had you for a little while, but... I really appreciate it, man. It means a lot to have you, you know, just speak and and just keep it so real, you know, with your perspective on the on the show, man. It means a
1: lot. Hey, thanks, man. Nah, no, thanks for having me, bro. Great conversation.
0: Thank you, you know, man. So, can... in closing, man, tell us what's next, man. Are we gonna see a slaughterhouse project next? Is there any like other solo moves, business moves you're trying to make?
1: Man, I see. uh the slaughterhouse project you know what i mean we, we put in a lot of work and we created something that we got to give to the world uh, so i definitely see a slaughterhouse project uh, you know i'm dabbling in a couple different different business lanes trying to uh create platforms for new and up-and-coming artists no doubt I'm dedicating the next probably 10 years of my life
0: Whoa.
2: to trying
1: to, to, try to help create platforms, whether visual, whatever, you know, to, bring, to help bring shine up and my arts and kind of, uh, you know, just do my part on giving back. And I'm blessed to be able to, you know, take care of myself, my loved ones, with my, with my, you know, what, what, what I do and. I, see, I meet all these different artists on the up, and no they get, they get uh, discouraged because it's, a lot, it's hard work, it's a lot of patience, you, you gotta sift through a lot of fakeness, so I'm trying to really, uh, like I said, next 10 years, man, to just create those platforms,
0: man. Well, man, all the best of success with that, man, you know. We're definitely here to support that real music and anything, you know, dope that you got that you're working on, man. You know, definitely feel free to send it this way, man. You know.
1: I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Just let me know when we doing it again, man, and I'll be there.
0: Salute, brother. I appreciate that, man. You have a good night and uh, you know, thank you again, man. We will continue to look for you with this new album, uh, Static King that's out as well as the Slaughterhouse Project in the future and any other stuff that you got coming out, man. Thank you again. And you have a good night, brother. You too, bro. All right, man. All right. One love. Peace. (laughs) There you have it. My brother, King Crooked, off of Slaughterhouse, one-fourth of Slaughterhouse. Really dope convo with him tonight, man. Um, Really good brother. We're going to be looking... To see all the other things he's gonna be doing in his career moving forward. People, please keep it locked right here on Out the Box Radio where you can hear MCs like Slaughterhouse, King Crooked, Static Selector, and all the dope music that the indie hip hop scene has to offer, man. Just straight, honest, quality music, man. It doesn't matter. You know, what race you are, what you represent. We're we going to play it as long as it's truthful, it's honest, and it's creative, you know, and it's quality, man. So keep it locked right here on Out The Box Radio. We're going to close out this show with some, some more music. Make sure y'all check for that new Static King album in stores now. Shout out to King Crooked for joining us tonight. Till next time, next show. Keep it locked right here on Out the Box Radio 24-7. I'm your host, Krill. We signing out. Peace.